0: Would you please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians? We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11 this morning. We're continuing in the series in 2 Corinthians as we're seeing how the Lord strengthens his people for ministry and how he shepherds his people out of his love. This morning we're looking and we're going to see how God strengthens us in a way we often don't expect, a way that the Apostle Paul will describe as despair, deep despair, despair of his own life. Covenant children, as your parents permit, if you would draw a picture of a road, a road that, that has a stormy cloud over it, it may even look a little scary. And I ask you to draw that because as we're going to look at this text, We're going to see there's moments and times in our Christian walk when we're following Jesus that lead us to places that may look very scary. The Apostle Paul experienced a hard road. But it was the good road because it was Paul following Jesus. And it was the Lord who was telling a story through Paul of his great deliverance. Would you... Listen for God's word. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. This is what we build our lives upon. Let's hear it now. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer So that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we do come before your word this morning and we thank you. We thank you for it. We thank you for the witness of your faithful servant and your faithfulness through that man, the Apostle Paul. Lord, for your strength by which you conduct your ministry. Would you impress the grace that you gave to Paul at such a low moment of his life? Would you impress that grace that he shared with the Corinthian church on our own hearts and lives today? That we would know more of who you are and that we would share more in the life that we have in your son. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, imagine being in a situation so desperate that in the midst of a freezing winter, you are unable to turn on the heat. Some of you know that experience. That story, the story of that came to me from a pastor, my home pastor, about my home church in a season and time of great despair. You see... My, the church that I was, grew up in, my home church, um, was a young church at the time. I was about two or three years old when there was a significant uh, church split, a church split that, that ended in, in, in really a, a despairing situation uh, for those who remained. The church had one ruling elder, uh, my, my father, a handful of members, and this pastor who they couldn't afford to pay, in a church building that they couldn't pay the mortgage, in a situation in a winter in which they couldn't turn the heat on. This pastor wanted me to be aware as I was heading to seminary about this story. And he shared that in the particular moment of great despair, as he was sitting thinking about all the ministry that he had to do, preaching Sunday school Bible studies he was working on a Bible study the stack of bills that had come up to his desk was higher than the commentaries he had to read and in a moment of great despair he took those uh, bills and letters and he threw them up to the Lord and he said you have to handle that I'm going to focus on this as I went to seminary and as I thought about that story over the years what I realized about what my pastor was telling me was that he was telling me not a story of despair. He was actually telling me a story of God's deliverance. How the Lord delivers his people from despair. This is important for us to be made aware of because the Apostle Paul he wants this church to be made aware of a similar experience, not one of deep financial despair, but an even greater form of despair that he experienced the despair of his own life. Apostle Paul begins in this section by, by informing this church, by telling them that they need to be aware of the fact of this story. They need to be aware of how desperate he was. Listen to what he says in verses 8 and 9. He says, For we do not want you to be aware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. We were to receive a letter from an apostle we might wonder what amazing things has God done what miraculous ways is he growing the church but Paul begins this letter by talking about a great moment of great despair he's telling the story of God's great deliverance We have to understand what he means by this. So he he describes that this was an experience from Asia. Now that's not the continent of Asia that we know. In the New Testament, uh, Asia was a particular region around the Mediterranean, the western quarter of modern day Turkey. It was a place that Paul visited as he went on his missionary journeys, planning churches, He describes all sorts of of great affliction that he experienced along that that missionary journey. He'll say it later in uh, chapter 11 of the book. He describes some of those afflictions. Listen to what he says later to the Corinthians. Listen how he describes just some of the ways that he experienced affliction. Five times he received 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Not once, not twice, but three times he was shipwrecked and left adrift. He goes on to say in that passage, there were dangers in rivers. There was danger from robbers. There was danger from his own people. There was danger from the Gentiles. There was danger in the city. There was danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger with false brothers. Sleepless nights. Hunger. Thirst. Exposure to the cold. And By God's grace, none of us We'll hope to experience the severity of Paul's afflictions. Yet when Paul he shares in this story in the beginning of chapter one, he doesn't list those yet. He doesn't tell us the details of the affliction that made him so despair of his life that he believed he was useless. He believed he was as good as dead. Paul wants us to understand the effect of that affliction in this passage. He wants us to understand the crippling experience he endured, that it made him experience despair. And we might praise the Lord that we do not know the extent of Paul's despair, but Paul wants us to be made aware of his despair. We need the story of Paul's despair. Because we need the story of God's deliverance. Paul wasn't just telling a story of great despair, he was telling the story of a great God with a great deliverance. In the midst of of the despair that we experience, and we all do experience despair at times, because what is despair? Despair is that feeling of hopelessness. It's the feeling that I can't change my circumstance, or I can't change my spouse, or I can't change my children, or I can't change my singleness, or I can't change myself. These moments when we feel that that we can't change our afflictions when we're under a despair that's taken hold of our hearts. We praise God that we're told in this passage that despair is not the end for a follower of Jesus because God intends for his people a story of deliverance, redemption, reconciliation. You're not alone in your afflictions. The Lord is with us even in the utter weight of despair. Whether it's the exhaustion of caring for a parent who cannot take care of themselves. Whether it's the death of a loved one. Even in a marriage of 63 years. Whether it's a credit card bill from Christmas that is utterly crippling. Or three weeks missing your spouse who's traveling for work or a child who is wayward and on the run from the Lord. We are all in need of God's deliverance. God's faithful love is all that we have but praise God it's all that we need. And so in those moments of despair in our own lives, or whether there's struggles even in our own church, Paul shares that the Lord uses these moments. He uses them so that we would rely on God's deliverance. Look with me as we read the second half of verse 9. The Apostle Paul explains that the effects of his despair are this but that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises the dead what does paul mean when he tells us that it was to make him rely on the god who raises the dead well the word that paul uses in this passage That word rely, it's a word that can also mean to persuade, to have confidence in, to assure. Paul's in a sense saying, I know God's in control. I know he delivers me. I know that he loves me. I know because he gave me his son. (laughs) But I have to still persuade myself in my actions In my thinking, in in my attitude, I have to keep persuading myself that the Lord will deliver me. In a sense, he had to let his heart catch up to where his head was. Have you ever had that moment? Have you ever experienced that where you know God's in control but the fear of the despair that you're in is, is so bad that you're not sure what to do and you act out in fear. You say something you don't mean. You do something that you know is wrong. There are all moments when our hearts have to catch up to where our head is. We have to rely on God's deliverance. Abraham is an example of this, I think. Abraham's life, if you remember, he's called to leave his family, to go to a new nation, a new area, to form a nation, to have a son. His name was Abram. His name was Father. But he had no son. He had to go and rely on the promise of God that God would deliver him a son. But time and time again, Abraham's life, he made decisions and choices unsure that God was going to be faithful on his promise. What did he do? Twice, he gave away Sarah to another man because he was afraid. He thought his own servant might be the way that God would use and fulfill his promise. Sarah even gave him his, or her handmaid. But God was telling a story of his deliverance of Abraham. A man who at 99 finds out that his wife is going to have a child. And at 100, that child is born. And what does God do after that? Genesis 22 Take that son, Isaac, son laughter because it was impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have a child. Take that son, take him to a mountain and kill him. And what does Abraham do? He's learned to rely that God can raise the dead. And in his reliance upon the Lord, the Lord spares his son. The Lord is telling a deliverance story We are to rely on him. And as we rely on the Lord's deliverance, Paul tells us that we are to set our hope to hope in that deliverance. Listen to what he says here in verse 10. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. He's building off of what he says at the end of verse 10, which is that he delivered us from a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. Look how much Paul's repeating that word deliverance. God delivers his people. That's the main message he wants the Corinthians to hear from his words. And he wants us to hope in that deliverance. Because what is hope? Hope is the certainty, not the wishful thinking. It is the certainty that God will deliver his people. Now we may not know the way or the means or the manner of that deliverance, but we know that the God who raises the dead will deliver his people. How do we know that? Because our hope is built upon Christ. Our hope is built on one who came into this world and lived a perfect, obedient life, who Fulfilled the law in every way, suffered the death we deserve, and God raised from the dead. Because if God raised Jesus for the dead, we know by being united to him by faith, he will deliver us. He will deliver us. That hope is the hope we turn to. That time and time again in the midst of our despair, God will provide. He will deliver. This morning as it was prayed by by Elder Ken Henry and was mentioned by Dan Steer is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. This is a day when we remember. We remember the importance of what it means To follow the Lord in what he says because we believe that unborn life is life from God. We believe that God intends to deliver people of great despair. Even mothers who are so despairing that they would believe there's no other way than to terminate the life of their own child. It's that level of despair that we trust a God who delivers will deliver us from. We pray that God would deliver us from abortion as a nation. I had a friend who was a very good friend who who, uh, would be, um, who was dragged out of his bed by his roommate while he was in seminary to go down to an abortion clinic to pray. He didn't want to go. He had own problems in his life. He had his own despair. But while he was down there, he started meeting women in that state of despair. State of despair that outweighed his despair because he believed in a God who had delivered him. And as he started to minister and share the hope that he had, that God delivers us from all, all sin, all death, the greatest of enemies, He saw a need. He actually started a ministry called Churches for Life, equipping churches to help people deliver the gospel to people who are in great despair. He would say this in the training. He would say, We are rescued rescuers, that we minister to those of despair, not from a place of moral superiority, but as people who have been in despair, who know the hope of the gospel who know the goodness of God, that know the promises of God that he will deliver us in the face of our greatest despairs. We are rescued rescuers, people of hope, whether that's a deliverance from despairing mothers or children who need a new home or a neighbor who's lost or a spouse who will never change. Or a circumstance that feels overwhelming, we hope in a God who will deliver us from despair. It's that hope in the Lord's deliverance that calls us to do what Paul says next to be a people of prayer. We must pray for God's deliverance. Look with me in verse 11. This is where Paul goes in the midst of that deliverance. He instructs the people, you must also help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. The deliverance from the Lord, it it turns us from being a hopeless people to a people of prayer A people that are made interdependent of each other. Paul is saying we are to go to a God in whom we depend, who is our strength when we are weak, and we are to go together, interconnected as a family. He's actually encouraging them to lift up his needs, the apostles' needs. What does the the apostle Paul needs? He needs the prayers of this Corinthian church. He encouraged and instructs them to pray. We have work to be done, ministry to be done, but it's not ministry that can be done in our strength, by our wills. It's a ministry that's done on the reliance of God and the hope that he delivers to see the faithful provision. That's what we pray for. We pray together as a people dependent upon the Lord because one of the results of that despair in our lives is that it drives us to cry out to our Father, come, deliver, we need you. And God is faithful to come. He is faithful to meet us, to deliver us. The Lord, Paul says this, the Lord uses our prayers in such a way that many will give thanks for the blessing that the Lord gives from the prayers of his saints. It's not a gratitude just for those praying, but it's an anticipation of seeing the work of Lord's deliverance as he hears, as he knows, as he cares for his people. And how he acts to deliver. So what does God say to a people who are in despair? Throw up your bills. God is telling a story of deliverance through you. We throw our despair to the Lord. Two months ago I uh, spoke to the current pastor of the church that was my home church. He told me plans that that church has to knock out the walls of their building, external walls, because God has delivered that church and it is full of worshipers of the Lord. God took a cold, empty building And he turned it to a building that can't contain people who desire to worship him. Now that may not be the form and function of how God may deliver us in every circumstance. But what we hold fast to is that the story of God's people is not a story of despair. It's a story of deliverance. God's active deliverance of his people. As we look to the Lord's deliverance we continue to rely, to persuade ourselves of that deliverance. We set our hope that he will deliver again and we lift up prayers that we will see his deliverance. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you for the deliverance that you have sent, the ultimate deliverance that you've given us through your son, that even in the hard and most painful places of our lives, the great despair that you gave to the Apostle Paul that was for the church, it was so that we as a church, thousands of years later, might rely more on your deliverance, your salvation, and that you would draw others by the hope that we have into a despair, of despair, into a deliverance by your grace. Would you continue to build up our lives and your church on the strength that you give us, by the story that you're telling through us of deliverance. For the sake of your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.